are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt. We are coming to you on February 16th of 2021. This is going to be episode 26. Can't believe it's been that long already. Um... You know, we we talked last week. We kind of had a the off season starting to wind down. As of you guys are hearing this, probably on the 17th, um, pitchers and catchers will have started reporting for spring training. Um, we had a couple deals happen um, and kind of a lot of minor league stuff happen uh, this week. But before we jump into all that, let me bring my co-host in and uh, you know see how he's doing. So how you doing, Matt? I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, hanging around. Uh... Excited! Baseball starting tomorrow. At least the spring training starting officially. Um, everything else going pretty good. We actually, uh, I live in Central Alabama. We actually got some snow today, this morning. So that was something different. We don't, we don't get very much snow here. Maybe once a year, if anything. So uh, it's all melted by now. But that was pretty cool to see. And uh, not too much else going on. So how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I, I, I haven't had snow in I think 22 years. Here, so in my part of California, you know, up on the mountain, we're in the valley more. It doesn't really snow here, so it was a it was a cool 48 degrees this morning. As you were telling me, it was snowing back there, so I was kind of outside in my shorts and t-shirt. I hear you. I hear you. I'm, I'm, gonna, re- <laughs> I'm gonna refrain from talking about it being cold here because it was cold <laughs> to my standards. But yeah. 16 degrees is a lot different from like I saw in Dallas. It was like one degree this morning. So oh, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there with it being too cold here. So yeah, my buddy lives back there, and I was talking to him yesterday. He's like, "Oh, it's 13 right now, but it's supposed to be negative six, and they just cut all of our power. Yeah, so he's like, we don't even have heaters or nothing. So that's rough. So, but uh, let's go ahead and jump into this and then just get this going. Um, you know, our first signing is probably our biggest signing that we had this week. Um, it's one that we anticipated for a while of happening, uh, and it finally ironed out. And that's Justin Turner re-signing with Los Angeles Dodgers on a deal for two years, $34 million, with an option that can make it three years at 48, um, and some escalators in there to where, based on MVP voting in those three years, it could end up being a three-year, $52 million deal. Yeah, Justin Turner and you know, I'll defer to you more on him, but he, um, he's a great player. Um, he, his career numbers, uh, 292, 369, uh, 469 slash line, very good contact hitter, uh, hits for some power too, obviously, um, you know, great plate discipline numbers in his career. He's put up 27.3 wins above replacement, um, which is really good. And, uh, it's even better when you consider the fact that, you know, he hasn't played full seasons like ever. I mean, he's played, I think the most games he's ever played was like 150, which is, you know, 12 games short of the, you know, the total of a season. But, uh, beyond that, I mean, the last few years he's played, you know, like a hundred games one year, 130 games one year, obviously short season this year, but he was still not healthy all year this year. So, uh, but when Justin Turner plays, he is very, very, very good. 130 career WRC plus. Uh, this guy is a, a spectacular player and uh, he is what, 30. Six, that, 36 36 yeah. yeah so um you know he is starting to get up there in age and with his injuries plus the age you can understand why um you know you, nobody goes uh, beyond two years on, on him you know without it being an option but um you know obviously he's getting paid well 17 million a year for the two years and uh 
I think it's uh, I think it's going to work out pretty well for the Dodgers. Uh, you know, uh, it might be a little bit of an overpay at this point if he starts to decline some. But, I mean, the Dodgers can afford anything, it seems like, these days. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. Yeah, and, you know, this is a deal that we pretty much figured was going to happen. I mean, it didn't make sense for Turner to go anywhere else besides L.A. I mean, he's a Southern California guy, um, went to Cal State for Lipton. He's said many times over that the Dodgers were his – you know, his team growing up pretty much um, always dreamed of playing for them and that he doesn't want to go anywhere else. So it it took time to iron out. And, you know, with the couple of the other teams really being in, I mean, the Braves kind of looked at him, the, the Blue Jays a little bit. Um, but when it came down, it was really the Brewers and the Dodgers. And it, it, he was, wasn't going to go to the Brewers. Um, it just was the Dodgers forcing up, you know, the money for him to come back. He wanted four years. The the thing was, you know, getting it down to two with the option for the third if he keeps producing. Um, it, it's also a perfect thing for the Dodgers because we always talk about the depth that they have. Um, so they can allow Justin Turner to go and play 130 games a year and still be just fine with it. You know, he'll he'll be the impactful player. He'll be there around the time for the playoffs is ready to happen. But you have guys like Max Muncy, the Edwin Rios, uh, Chris Taylor, guys that can spell him at third base to where he doesn't have to play that full 160 games where, you know, if he went to the Brewers or one of these other teams, he probably would have had to be the main guy every single day. Um, so as far as on-field baseball terms, it was a perfect fit. And then there was no way they were going to let him walk away with the kind of, you know, clubhouse guy that he is and what how much he means to the fans i don't think there's been a position player as much in the past i would say five to six years that has meant as much to the dodger fans as justin turner do, does yeah i think uh you're, i agree with you on all points there but uh the next guy we have uh, another signing free agent um who is going to a former team of his as well um this one though uh not going to the team he was with last year this is james paxton uh he signed a one-year eight and a half million dollar deal with the seattle mariners uh which was a little surprising although he he did play there for a long time um very interesting deal there uh, career he's been really good but he hasn't pitched very much yeah he's some guy that has battled uh, many different injuries throughout his career you know this year he only pitched 120 innings if you look at his career the most innings he's ever pitched is 160 um which you know you look at 200 innings is kind of the the marker that everybody shoots for nowadays so that's about 40 innings off of that uh, most starts he's had in a year is 29 that was in 2019 with the yankees uh, and he only pitched 150 innings in that one so you know james paxton when he pitches i mean he can be a very good guy um you know he's been averaging close to 11 Ks per nine the past couple years. He still does walk people, I mean, above three walks per nine. Um, you know, he has an, an ERA around the mid threes for his career. His fielding independent pitching is right around, you know, that middle to low threes as well. When he's on the mound he and he's locked in, he's very good. But that's it, it's not very often that he gets on there and is actually pretty locked in. Yeah, and as you said, never he's never had a 30-start season, which typically your your major league season would probably be 32, 33 starts for your top pitchers, and he's never had one of 30 starts, which is, I mean, that, that throws up some red flags, but, I mean, this is a deal for the Mariners. He's going back to a place he's familiar with where he had lots of success, and if you're, you know, Seattle, you're bringing in a guy who, you know, it's a it's a buy low, it's a it's a low risk. You're only paying him for one year, eight and a half million. He could do really well. You could flip him at the deadline. He obviously likes being in in Seattle, so you can always have that one year and 
you know, he, if he does really well, you could bring him back because I think that's probably where he wants to be at this point. So uh, I think it's a good deal for Seattle. And I think for Paxton, I was a little surprised it was just uh, $8.5 million. I thought he would probably get a little bit more given his – history of, of success when he has been on the mound you know you never know one day you would think that he might get a full season where he doesn't have some kind of injury but uh when he when he does that that 331 fielding independent pitching number looks pretty dang good over a full season but um you know looking at seattle i mean i, I don't think they're going to be contenders this year but uh paxton makes them a little bit more interesting to watch they're gonna have a couple couple good lefties at the top of their rotation and Paxton and Gonzalez so um, interesting stuff there yeah another thing I think with him is that um, he's going to a division that is probably going to be one of the more pitcher friendly divisions this year Um, you know look at the Astros they've lost Springer Um, is Altuve going to be able to bounce back to what he was you look at the Angels and they've brought in you know they have Trout and they have Rendon but what else what else are they going to do there um, you know, you're going to be able to face the Rangers who are very low. You're going to face the A's who, you know, lost Marcus Simeon, have traded Chris Davis. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of on the reset. Is Matt Chapman going to be completely healthy this year? Um, you know, you're gonna be able to neutralize Matt Olson with the lefty. So, and there's not many, much expectation in Seattle for this year. So he can go in there and really not have to worry about, you know, potentially pitching for a playoff run unless he gets traded, you know, and, yeah, and I'm sure the Mariners will get with him on that yeah and you're talking you, you know you kind of mentioned the A's being on a reset I think this is kind of a career reset for Paxton it, you go back to the place where you've been had success where you developed into a really good major league pitcher this is a little bit of a career reset for him he's come out of the pressure-packed environment of New York where he was a part of a big trade where New York gave up a couple of their top prospects for him and and uh Justice Sheffield I mean it, you it, you get to a point where you know sometimes a guy like Paxton, you know, maybe with the, with all the injury and stuff, the New York pressure and stuff might have gotten him to him a little bit as well. But um, we'll see. Um, I'm excited to see what he does back in Seattle. Uh, but those are really the two big signings this week. There, there really wasn't too much more. Of course, we talked about last week how most of the top players had signed, and then Turner was, I think, the only top 10 free agent that we had on our lists uh, left. So uh, a couple of other uh, pretty decently – big signings um we talked we've talked a lot about the Padres and the fact that they've addressed their lineup with uh you know Kim and a couple of other guys and they've addressed their starting staff with um with uh you Darvish and uh and Joe Musgrove and now we're going to talk about how uh we've talked a lot about too how, how they needed to address their bullpen now we're going to talk about how they've done that and they signed two guys this week to help their bullpen one of them being Keone Kayla and one of them being Mark Melanson yeah, both of these guys have been solid major league um, bullpen arms. We don't quite know the terms on these; it hasn't quite been announced. Um, but we expect them to both to be about a one-year deal, um, probably around that five to ten-ish million. I would I would assume more close to the five over the ten-ish, but you never know. Um, you know, you look at Keona Kayla uh, has a 3.24 career ERA, a 3.30 career FIP, so he's he's very in line with what his peripherals say. Um, he's coming off an injury this year, so he only pitched two innings. Um, in 2019, he only had 29 innings. But if you look back to where he had a you know a full season in in 2018, uh, 52 innings, had 11 over 11 strikeouts per nine, uh, three walks per nine. Uh, he had a 3.29 ERA that year, 2.97 FIP, 
Um, he's a guy who is a decent ground ball guy. Not, I mean, but he gives up a lot of home runs. That, that's the thing. He gives up a lot of fly balls. So being able to go to San Diego, um, Petco Park, which is more of a hitter-friendly ballpark, uh, that'll be a good pickup for him. Yeah, for sure. And um, you look at uh, you look at the the Mark Melanson pickup too. Um, I think they're both pretty good pickups. Kayla. It's going to be about health. It's kind of like Paxton a little bit. He's he's really good when he's pitched, but it's going to be about health. Um, you know, that's that's something you just can never predict fully. Uh, Melanson, it's going to be about longevity, and is he still the same pitcher he has been in his career, which has spanned the Pirates, the Nationals, the Giants, the Braves. He's been in a lot of different places, and he's been very good in his career. A 285 career ERA, 290 career FIP. And, uh, but 2020, he, he still had a great ERA at 278, but his peripherals took a nosedive. He, he didn't strike many guys out. His strikeouts per nine were actually under six. And he was, uh, he was a closer this year. Um, uh, but, and his, so his FIP went up to 372 and his XFIP went up to 442. So I think, um, there's a few, and obviously that's a short season, but Melanson is also a veteran pitcher. He's gotten up there in age. So there's a few um, a few things that you maybe worry a little bit about with with him, but you know these are probably one year deals anyways. And you know if either one of these guys has the injury issues that Kayla has, or, or maybe Melanson ends up, you know, coming back to his 2020 peripherals a little bit, you you could see where um, you could see where you might have an issue there. So. Uh, but uh, interesting stuff, Padres. They needed to address that bullpen because it was not looking too good before now. And I mean, Mark Melanson and Keon and Kayla definitely will will be, have a chance to help out very well in that uh, that that bullpen. Yeah, it really helps them round out. You know, now you have Kayla, you have Melanson, you have Emilio Pagan, you have Drew Pomerantz, um, Matt Strom. And, you know, then later on in the season, you could have your, you know, some of your starters like Morhone or maybe even. Um, uh, Mackenzie Gore potentially, you know, pitch out of that bullpen or that swingman role. So it, it really gives them a lot of depth, uh, you know, two two relievers that they really, really needed to be able to really compete this year. Yeah, and just real quick, let's talk about the fact that everyone everyone talks about, obviously, the Chris Archer trade with the Pirates, but the Pirates also traded for Keon and Kayla when they were not really contending, and they gave up a guy who's now in the big leagues with the Rangers um, and, and another guy too for Keone Kayla who pitched what 30, 31 innings for them in his entire time there, maybe, maybe a little more, but, um, I thought that was another interesting tidbit there that, you know, it's kind of another trade that didn't exactly work out for the pirates, but, as, uh, we can move on now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the next one we had is a guy we kind of mentioned, uh, you mentioned as an under the radar type guy last week that could potentially sign. Um, and that was Kevin Pillar. He ended up signing a, a deal with the Mets. It's it's a really weird deal. It's kind of interesting, though. Um, it's a one-year $3.6 million for this year. It has a $2.9 million player option for next year that if he declines it, he gets no money from that. But then it gives the team a $6.4 million option where then if they decline that, he gets a $1.4 million buyout. So he's guaranteed $5 million this year. And it can be a maximum of two years, ten. Yeah, so um, that's very interesting. I've actually never seen that before, and I'm sure it's happened, but um, it's interesting. But uh, Kevin Pillar, the player, is pretty good. Um, his career numbers: two sixty-two, um, 
average, 299 on base, uh, 408 slugging. Everyone remembers him from when he was in Toronto with the Blue Jays and, uh, you know, when they were in the ALCS back-to-back years. And he was really good there, I, I thought, as a defensive player. He, 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 you know, he is famous for making some really acrobatic catches and, and everything, but the bat isn't terrible. He, he has some work to do. Um, you know, he's a guy who could really benefit from taking a little bit, having a little more patience at the plate. Um, you know, he's got a really low walk rates. His own base percentage has suffered. It's under 300 for his career, but he's taken a few strides in becoming a better hitter the last couple of years. Uh, but you know, his career 13 wins above replacement is pretty solid. You know, he's had a couple of years where he was over two. Um, he's probably going to end up being like a fourth outfielder, maybe a part-time center fielder for the Mets. So I like this signing for that price. I think it's pretty good, pretty good deal for them. Yeah, and what it does is it pretty much takes them out of the Jackie Bradley Jr. market. Um, you know, even we had talked about signing Albert Almora, even with that signing, um, you know, they were still rumored to be in talks with Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, but what this does is it pretty much takes them out of that now, and it allows them to be very aggressive with, um, you know, Dom Smith and Brandon Nimmo about potentially, you know, swapping them out during games. So, you know, you can look at it with Pilar and um, Albert Armora potentially being bench guys while Nimmo starts in center and Dom Smith starts in left. And then, you know, seventh, sixth, seventh inning, you can sub both of those guys out and put Pilar and Albert Almora in for defensive purposes. Yeah, and you could also – I think Nemo would be fine in left field. So you could also throw one of those two guys in center and then move – Nemo over to left field, but I, I think, you know, I, yeah, Dom Smith in left field would scare me, even if he does hit well. He, he would scare the heck out of me if I was a Mets fan. But I agree, um, but they have to find some way to get his bat yeah, in that lineup. Yeah, that's and, true. But, and you're not putting Pete anywhere else. Yeah, they, they, could be, they could have benefited greatly from the DH this year because they got two Absolutely. DHs, and they're both having to play in positions now. So, yeah. um, But anyways, we can move on and talk about some other – Smaller trade or smaller moves. Uh, these are all guys on major league contracts that I'm going to list real quick, and we'll kind of talk about a couple of them real quick. But uh, we got Brett Anderson signed with Milwaukee. Um, Matt Shoemaker signed with Minnesota. He was with the Blue Jays last year. Sergio Romo signed with the A's. He had been with the Twins. Uh, Yusmero Petit signed back with the A's. Um, one of the more interesting ones here was Jake Arrieta signed with uh, the Chicago Cubs, where he was obviously made famous for throwing no hitters and being a Cy Young winner. Um, but he had been in Philly for the last several years. And then uh, Ken Giles, who we've talked about a little bit, he's obviously because of his injury, not pitching this year. Uh, he signed with Seattle. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez uh, signed with Boston utility guy there. And uh, Nomar Mazzara signed with the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, I would say the the two interesting ones, obviously, are going to be Jake Arrieta re-signing with the Cubs. Um, Sort of like what you were talking about with Paxton, a guy who's struggled the past couple years um, and going back to a place where he's very comfortable and and back to where he had a lot of his success. Um, So maybe they can unlock something back into Jake Arrieta, or it's just a a reunion tour for him, pretty much. Um, And then Ken Giles, you know, obviously not pitching this year, so he signs a two-year deal with them. Um, but it, it'll be a good pickup for them next year in that bullpen that, you know, they're in the rebuilding phase. So then on that second year, if he comes back healthy, you know, people are always looking for bullpen arms down the stretch. 
Um, so next year at the trade deadline can be something that you will see him get flipped, um, you know, for a potential prospect for their rebuild. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, talking about Ken Giles and Seattle, Seattle is not as far away as I think a lot of people are kind of thinking. You know, they got the defending rookie of the year, Kyle Lewis, in the outfield. Uh, you know, they got uh, what's his name, the the guy they got from the Mets, Kellenek. That his name? Jared Jared Kellenek, yeah. Yeah, he's a top top prospect. Mm-hmm. And then of course uh, they got some other good young guys like J.P. Crawford, Justice Sheffield. Um, they they've got some talent there, and they've got a good farm system and guys on the way still. So, uh, but, you know, I think the the Mariners here in the next couple of years are going to start to be a little bit more interesting. And I think Ken Giles is kind of a preview of that. I think you know maybe next year they they bring in a couple of of veteran free agents. Um, you know, obviously they still got a couple of veteran guys who are probably going to be career Mariners like Kyle Seeger. Um, but you know, Mitch Haniger, another guy, but I think, uh, you know, they're not quite as far off as they have been in the last few years. And, uh, I think this Ken Giles signing, you know, kind of for the future, kind of for next year kind of shows that, but, um, and I agree on Arietta, you know, he's, this is going to be a reunion tour, I think for him. Um, this might be his last year, uh, you know, if he doesn't do great. I'm really surprised that he got a major league deal, honestly, because he has been not good in Philadelphia. And, I mean, these other guys, a couple of good bullpen arms and, um, you know, Anderson, Shoemaker, probably number five starters. And I thought Mazzara to Detroit was interesting. You know, he's not a guy who's obviously had tons of potential, but hadn't quite gotten to the gotten to it yet all the way there might be something left in the tank for him to be kind of a late bloomer that Detroit could unlock which I think is kind of the perfect thing to look at if you're a rebuilding team like Detroit so I think that was a pretty good move too yeah so we wanted to um you know those were all like um not big major league deals um there's a rash of minor league deals but we don't really want to go over all of those cuz it would just be too many to list but we did want to each pick one of the major or the minor league deals that have happened this week and kind of go a little bit more you know not completely in depth but just kind of shed light on something we can think be a little interesting um so who'd you end up picking yeah so my, my pick is um CJ Crone and CJ Crone's a guy who he's got power um he he showed it he's had a 30 home run season 2018 with the Rays um, he's, he's a first baseman. He, he's not, he's not a great defensive first baseman. And he obviously, you know, if you're not a great defensive first baseman, you're also playing first base. So that hurts your value too. But, um, he's, he's a good, he's, he's got a good power stroke. He's a guy who in his career, like 2018 put up a 124 WRC plus, um, you know, he's never been a full-time player except for close to full-time in 2018. And I think going to Colorado, he's going to get a lot of playing time there at first base. Uh, obviously, he's going to be playing in cores. So you see a guy who his, his plate discipline numbers, his walk rates are pretty low. He, he doesn't walk a lot, but his strikeouts are for a guy that's kind of a all or nothing type hitter. His strikeouts aren't terribly bad. Um, and it would be interesting to see if the uh, Colorado Rockies can unlock something there. He's only... Um, you know, he's 31 years old, so he obviously isn't like, it's not like he's a 38 year old or something, you know, uh, they've done some last, last several years, they've had some of those bounce back type guys, but they've all been, you know, when they had that bounce back were pretty old guys like Mark Reynolds a few years ago, um, Matt Kent, maybe this past year they tried to do that with, but, uh, you look at, um, a guy in CJ Crone who maybe could have a little bit of a future there if he does well, you know, this coming up season. So I thought that was an interesting one. 
Yeah, mine was, uh, I picked Jay Bruce. He's a guy who's pretty similar, I would say, in, you know, overall stat-wise to what CJ Crone was. If you look at their slash lines, you know, CJ Crone owns a 257, three, uh, a 312 on-base percentage and 464 slugging. You look at Jay Bruce, he has a 245 on, uh, batting average, 314 on-base and a 469 uh, slugging. Uh, Jay Bruce going to the Yankees of all places, you know, that short porch um, in right field, him being a left-handed hitter. It's something that, you know, maybe if they don't bring back Brett Gardner and, you know, they dealt with in injuries in the outfield but, um, for the past couple seasons, you know, with Stanton and Judge and Hicks. So um, so he could be a guy who can, you know, potentially come in and he's still, he's still a really good bat. I mean, in 2019, he still hit 26 homers. Um, you know, he, he doesn't walk as much as he used to. He's a career about 9% walk rate guy, um, you know, dropped to 5.7, and, and in this, this shortened season, it was about 7%. He'll strike out close to 24% of the time, but it could be a sneaky, you know, depth pickup for the Yankees for a, a left-handed bat, which will always thrive in that ballpark with that short porch. Yeah, and, and you know, to kind of go along with that, um, you know, Clint Frazier is a guy who is he had a pretty good season in the shortened season, but you're not 100% sure on him. And a platoon, soft platoon might help. Where Clint Frazier plays most of the time, but against some right-handed pitching, you could throw Jay Bruce in there. It might be might be useful in that way as well. Absolutely. Um, so that that's pretty much all the wraps up on signings we had this week. We did have one. Um, I wouldn't call it a blockbuster trade, but I would still say it was on the bigger sides of the trade, um, of the trade market so far this offseason, and that's Andrew Benintendi. Um, got traded from the Boston Red Sox in a three-team deal. Um, so it breaks down as Kansas City gets Andrew Benintendi, um, the New York Mets get Khalil Lee, and the Boston Red Sox get Franchi Cordero, Josh Wickenowski. Um, two player to be named later from Kansas City and one player to be named later from the Mets. Yeah, um, I thought this was a kind of weird but interesting trade. Um, you know, Ben Attendee is a guy who I'm kind of surprised the Red Sox are giving up on him like this. You know, he's a career 273, 353, 435 hitter. A 353 on base percentage is really solid. Um, he's put up 8.5 wins above replacement, 108 WRC plus, so a well above average hitter. Um, you know, he only played 14 games this past year, but you know, in the past he's been a you know a really solid regular. In fact, I think in two years ago or, or maybe 2018 he put up four wins above replacement. So this is a guy who at, at times has been really good in his career, um, former top prospect as well. And you know, if he's healthy, I think that could be a really solid pickup for Kansas city. Um, you know, and you know, if Boston's kind of trying to get back into more of a reset rather than a rebuild, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't keep him around to be a part of maybe a, a run in 2022. Um, and, uh, you look at the other guys involved, Khalil Lee is an outfielder, uh, that he's going to be the number eight prospect now for the Mets who were involved in this deal. Um, he's got good raw power. Um, like he's got question marks with his hit tool, um, strikes out a lot, but he's got solid defensive tools. He's a legit prospect. Um, and then you look at, um, you know, Franchi Cordero is a guy who strikes out an absolute ton, but has like crazy power. (laughs) 
and uh, also has really good speed. So he's, he might have the most, the, one of the better power speed combinations in the big leagues, but there's just no way of telling if he's ever going to get to it. But uh, he's definitely an interesting guy who maybe they could figure something out with and have him make a little more contact. But you also got um, you know, a couple other guys. Winkowski's a low minors guy who's been there a while. He's a, probably going to end up being a relief prospect maybe and then the player to be named later. So uh, definitely an interesting deal here. I, I'm a little confused on a couple of sides here, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's a head-scratching deal to me, too. Um, you know, if Boston is tr- truly trying to do that that soft reset instead of the rebuild, you know, trading a guy like Andrew Benintendi who still has two years' worth of control just doesn't make sense if you're still looking to compete. Um, you know, there was rumors that after they traded Benintendi that they would try and re-sign Jackie Bradley Jr. I, I don't know why you would do that, really. I mean, I guess you're just Bradley's just your center fielder who's great defense but it really I would rather have spent that money on Andrew Benintendi um, he seems like a player that's you know better to me than Jackie Bradley Jr and that's going to be around for a little bit longer um, you know I don't know why the Royals do this if they're in you know they're in their rebuild phase in the middle of it and they only have two years worth of control left on Benintendi so most likely try and flip him again um, or you're you know you're trying to sign him to an extension at that point but if you're still in the rebuilding phase, why would he sign an extension there? Um, Franchi Cordero, I mean, for Boston, it makes no sense to get him really either. Um, you know, a guy who's played 95 career games and has a career batting average of 236 and on base of 304. It doesn't really make sense for them either. Um, you know, he's more going to just be a depth guy. And, and if you are trying to do that soft reset, like you're saying, he's not going to be playing much for you. Um, and he's already had. I think what four big league parts of four big league seasons. So he's a free agent in three years. So you're just hoping, I guess he's a bench bat for you, but you're trading Andrew Benintendi for a bench bat. Then that doesn't make sense. Um, I would say the Mets, I mean, it depends on the two player to be named later, but they might be the best out of this deal by getting Khalil Lee, who you said is a legit prospect. Um, he's a guy who I've, I heard about for the first time this year and Kind of looked into his history a little bit more, and I really like what he can be as a prospect. But, you know, it's going to take time for them. He was drafted in 2016, uh, so I'm not quite sure how far out he's going to be. But I like I like the Mets part of this deal. The other two sides is just really head-scratching to me. Yeah, and I mean, Khalil Lee is a guy who, you know, I don't think he... It, I think he's a very, very low chance player to be really good in the major leagues, but I don't think it's a, I think it's a non-zero chance he ends up being really good in the major leagues. If that makes sense, he, he's kind of a guy who I don't think is going to be like a. It, it, the most likely scenario is he doesn't really ever make it into the in the big leagues, but but he has potential. He has he has a lot of he has a high upside. I think compared yeah. to a lot of guys you see in this type of deal. So um, interesting stuff there. Kind of weird trade, but. Um, you know, guy like Andrew Benintendi, he, he's a pretty high-profile player from the last few years. Was on the Red Sox World Series team. Um, you know, getting him getting moved is very, very interesting. And so something different this week. That that was that one was that one was definitely weird. So. Yeah, it really was. Um, so you know, with not many moves happening, we knew it was going to be kind of a shorter episode. So what we wanted to do is. We wanted to each pick a team and, you know, maybe even a player. It doesn't have to be on that team, but that we are most looking forward to. Now that this season's getting started, most of the moves have already happened. 
a team that either excites us um, about what we can see this season or that we kind of fly under the radar and just interested to see what things are going to work out. Um, so who did you end up picking? So, so my team to see, and I'll, I'll mention after, after we're done discussing or we picked, I'll, I'll mention a couple others, but, uh, the one, the main one, I think that interested me the most, and these are not teams like, like everyone wants to see Trevor Bauer make his spring training debut for the Dodgers and stuff like that. But these are teams that are a little more under the radar. And I picked, uh, the Los Angeles angels. I thought they were interesting. Uh, obviously any team that has Mike Trout is going to be interesting to a certain level, but this team has has some good question marks that I think spring training might help us answer a little bit. Obviously, spring training is never the final answer, but they have a, a guy in Joe Adele who is a very, very, very high-rated prospect, came up in the short season and really struggled with the big leagues last year. And it'll be really interesting to see how he does in spring training, how he might adjust to, to the, you know, to, to what he after his cup of coffee last year you know how he's he's been working on things in the off season um i'm interested in them also because I, I think they've got some interesting buy low type pieces guys like quintana and alex cobb are, are guys who have been good at different parts of their career but the angels a team that has badly needed pitching for a long time and you know that's kind of the big piece of the puzzle they haven't been able to figure out um you know, these are a couple guys that if they have really good springs and get a kickstart in the regular season, Quintana looks healthy finally. You know, Cobb seems to be more of the, the Alex Cobb we saw with the Rays, giving up some weak contact. Um, I think that'll be interesting to look at how, how those two guys do and where they fall in the rotation. And uh, I think that's that, that'll be a big deal. That'll be the, probably the biggest deal for the angels this year, but other stuff, you know, maybe some improvement from Thice, the, the first baseman there and uh, you know, good look at Brandon Marsh. Uh, I'm sure he'll be in the, in the camp and there's a, there's the potential for him to end up on the big league roster. And um, you know, maybe a look, look at a couple of different guys who, you know, outfielders that haven't had the best of seasons, but have had good careers like Justin Upton, you know, what is he going to give the angels this year? Um, he was pretty abysmal in the shortened season, but uh, obviously it's a shortened season, and we all know that Justin Upton is one of the most streaky players in the big leagues. So, uh, you know, maybe he ends up going on a hot streak this year and putting up a big season, like maybe one of his Diamondback seasons he had back in the day. And then you look at, um, you know, Dexter Fowler, who, um, you know, is he going to rebound? Is he going to end up, because his plate discipline numbers I still like a lot, but you know, is he going to be the same Dexter, the Dexter Fowler with the Cubs or the Dexter Fowler we saw with the Cardinals? And I think that's going to be a big deal for them too. They need a little bit more depth in their lineup to go with their top two or three who are probably, their top two hitters are rivaled by nobody. I mean, Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout are pretty much the best one-two punch in the big leagues. So, and most of that being because of Mike Trout. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're, their offense needs a little bit more depth and they could end up being a team to team to watch maybe in the regular season as well. So. Absolutely. Uh, well, the team I picked, um, they're not as under radar as the angels. Uh, we've actually talked a lot about them um, this off season as well, but it's a team that really interests me um, and, and what they can be. And that's the Toronto blue Jays. Um, you know, signing George Springer and Marcus Simeons were, were big splashes this year. Uh, but it's really, you know, what can Kevin Biggio take that next step? Can Vladimir Guerrero Jr. take that next step? Um, you know, is Bo Bichette going to be your shortstop? Are you going to allow him to 
play there defensively, or are you going to move him to second and play Marcus Simeon at short? You know, when they were, when they first signed Simeon, it was like, okay, no, he's going to be a second baseman, Bichette's going to be the shortstop. And then lately you've kind of heard the rumors about it potentially flipping around the other way um, and maybe even putting Bichette at third and just leaving Biggio at second. So, you know, their rotation, Hinjin Ryu's a guy who is, you know, I, I like a lot, from, obviously, from his Dodgers days. Which Robbie Ray are you going to get? Are you going to get the Robbie Ray who was terrible last year, or are you going to get the one who showed potential in flashes at times? Um, what's Nate Pearson going to be? You know, your top prospect. He came up and, and struggled last year, but can he take that step into being a, an everyday, you know, starting pitcher for you? Um, you know, you're back into the rotation, you know, has left to be desired. I mean, Tanner Roark and Steven Matz aren't great options. Uh, your bullpen, you know, you signed Kirby Yates. Um, Rafael Delis is, is a nice guy. Ross Stripling's really good, who you can throw him in the rotation uh, maybe as well. Uh, you know, your bullpen, it can it still needs some help. Your pitching rotation needs some help. But this lineup, is it's probably going to be the most one of the most fun lineups to watch this year um, and see if they can take that next step to really compete for that division with the Yankees and maybe even the Rays and potentially try and go for a, pl- a playoff spot. Cause usually if they can, uh, if they can get into the playoffs at that, you know, if they can get Roger center and get a crowd in there, that place is one of the most fun places to see a baseball game. Um, even just from on TV. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I think, um, you know, I, I kind of speak for everybody too, by saying that I think you look at the, in spring training, different players as well and looking at um you know obviously several guys there in toronto i mean anytime you can see like a, a guy with the talent of like nate pearson or bobichette or vlad jr or or biggio take that try to take that step and see what they can improve on that that's a that's a good group of guys to you know to kind of watch and they have a good prospect pedigree and they're all young so i think that's an interesting team for sure it really is. Um, you know, did you have any, you know, couple of players that you wanted to see during spring training? Yeah, I mean, uh, some of the obvious ones. I think uh, Wander Franco. I think everyone's excited to see what he can do. Um, and you know, I, I don't know if Wander Franco is going to have a huge spring or anything, but you know, in spring training, and at the end of, end of the day, doesn't really matter all that much. But I think you look at him as a guy who. Um, It'll be very interesting to see if, as young as he is, if he makes the if he makes the uh, Tampa Bay roster and plays shortstop for him this year, because he he's you know the number one prospect in baseball, and you got a couple other guys. Got you know, uh, I, I'd like to get a look at Adley Rutschman as well. Um, you know, you got Kellenick and Seattle. Let's talk about Seattle earlier. I think that's another young team to watch a little bit, just because they've got a lot of young pieces like Justice Sheffield. Uh, is he going to take a step? Is he going to work on those strikeouts and, and walks his plate discipline stuff? Because he's got really good stuff. Um, you look at uh, J.P. Crawford. Is, can he keep it going? You know, what kind of improvements do some of those young guys make? And then, you know, what kind of changes have some of their veterans made? A guy like, you know, we talked about Paxton earlier. You know, is he does he got to look healthy in the spring? Um, so I, I think that might be an interesting team, very under the radar, interesting team to watch a little bit too. But um, – but yeah, I mean, I, I think some of those top prospects, and then maybe guys that have been in the big leagues a couple years, you know, like a no more Mazzara type type guy that you don't know what you're gonna get from him, but you know he's a guy who still has that potential. He has the potential to to have a huge season at some point down the line because he's got power, he's got good bat speed, 
you know, his flight discipline numbers aren't just totally out of whack. He's a guy who I feel like has a has the potential to eventually have a really good season at some point. Let something click with him. So that'd be that'd, that might be another interesting one to watch. Just you know, someone someone like like a Numar Mazzara. Yeah, I mean, mine. I think one of the ones I want to see is I want to see what Mackenzie Gore um, really has. Um, I, I don't quite know if he's going to be on the major league side on on spring training. I would assume so. Um, you know, but out of all those San Diego moves, I think he's going to be one I'm, you know, as top prospect that I'm interested to see. Just there's been so much hype around him, and, and you know, people are saying that this could be the year that he finally comes up. Um, so he's a guy that I'm, I'm really, really interested to see. Um, you know, maybe if you look at like the Pirates, uh, what's key Brian Hayes? Um, you know, he's shown potential you know, the past couple years, but is this the time where he finally gets that everyday shot? And what can he be? Um, he's another guy who, you know, on a team that not many people are going to be able to watch every day because they're not very good, um, can be a guy who can surprise us. Um, so key Brian Hayes, and you know, maybe some of the guys that are just coming back from injuries. Um, at some point this season, I would say, not just in spring training, but, you know, uh, you know, if we can get Luis Severino and, like, Noah Syndergaard back, like, those are guys who I just want to see pitching again. Like, they're they're so good, and it, it's fun to watch them. So that, that's a little bit later on, but, but those two guys, I'm, I'm excited to see come back. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a good point. And, and you got to remember when it comes to spring training, too, um, all of these minor league free agents we've talked about, that are veteran major leaguers, you know, guys like Felix Hernandez last year had a big spring and looked like was going to make a roster. Um, you know, like I talked about CJ Crone, like Damian talked about Jay Bruce, um, some of, some of those other guys that, have, that are signing those uh, minor league contracts with camp invites. I, I would, you know, some of those end up having big springs and making the big league teams, and are big parts, especially in the bullpen. That's where a lot of teams find their find their guys in the, in the relief, is from the minor league invites like that, and the, or the minor league uh, contracts with major with spring training invites. So, I think that's going to be somewhere to look for a lot of the moves because there's a, there's a especially this year there's a bunch of moves that ended up going that way because of COVID and teams unsure, not sure if they want to pay up for a player that you know, maybe hasn't been great the last couple of years. And, and that's kind of all they were able to get. I, I think that this spring training is going to be really important for a lot of teams to get a shake on what they have in their bullpen and what they have, you know, maybe a fifth starter type two. Um, that's something that you always look at in, in, in these in spring spring training. So um, that probably won't be found out too much until they start playing games. But, you know, with pitchers and catchers reporting, you could see maybe one of these relievers that signed as showed up in the best shape of their life or something and looks fully healthy and is eager to go. And, you know, you might start getting some reports like that. So it'll be very interesting to see what, what happens this spring. And, and also with some of the opt-outs too, we had last year, you know, some of these guys coming back, guys like Ryan Zimmerman, you know, is he going to look like Ryan Zimmerman or is he going to be real rusty? I think that's another thing to look at as well. Or like David Price. I mean, David just Price, from the, yeah, from the Dodgers. Sure. I mean, he's a, he's 35, but he last spring training, he was looking good. He was coming off a of surgery and then he opted out, you know, I think it's going to be a really weird um, spring training because you're going to see teams maybe you're going to see players probably ramp up faster, but then teams also wanting to be more like slow paced with things because, oh, we're just coming off a 60 game season. How can we stretch you out for 162 games? Um, so that's one interesting thing. Another name that I wanted to, to point out, you know, he 
missed last year, but he was struggling before that. He, who's I'm pretty interested to watch because I've been a fan of his for a while. Um, that's Chris Archer. Um, going back to Tampa Bay, what can you know? Can he unlock something? You know, we talked about Arietta and Paxton on those reunion type tours, and Archer going back to the place where he's had his success. Can he unlock himself again and you know be another vital part to that Tampa Bay rotation? Um, he's somebody who's really fun to watch when he's on, and and I've liked him from when he was in his Tampa Bay days before. So he he's one that I, I'm interested to see this spring training and see if, how that thoracic outlet syndrome really affected him you know and if he's the the old chris archer or the one that was really struggling in pittsburgh yeah so th- i agree with that i think that's a g- another good one that i didn't even think of so maybe we should maybe we should have both of us have another team to see and say the rays because i want to see wander franco and you want to see chris Archer, <laughs> right so oh and you know, uh, Luis we, Pino too yeah we won't be seeing blake we, snell we won't be seeing blake snell we no we won't not at all that uh that was pretty funny important. with the or Charlie Morton, yeah, no, not at all. So, well, that's been this episode. Unless you have anything else that you want to uh, to wrap up on, I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it. Just ready to get going tomorrow. Ready yeah, for the ready. Start. Absolutely. Um, so, thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Um, no, we we kind of rambled on a little bit here at the end, but it's been this off season's been really really fun. Um, now that baseball's back, it's it's just going to be ramping up even more, and it gets me excited just just knowing that that's here. But thank you for sticking with us through this off season. I know at times we kind of rambled on through things and, and tried to make more the moves sound more interesting than they probably are. Um, but thank you guys all for for sticking with us so far, and uh, and uh, you know we're gonna keep pushing on. Yeah, sounds good. Man. All right, we'll go. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week.